Baseball. You are tuned into episode 92. Today we're going to talk about some news in the NFL, particularly Julio Jones and where he might land. It seems like he will not be with the Falcons come next season. And then we're going to go into our uh, the start of a series where we're going to preview each of the divisions and uh, what we think the records will be for each team in those divisions. Today we'll start with the AFC East and give you our preview on that, um, as well as our takes for who's going to win the division and who we think will uh, be good come NFL season time. But before we get into that, I want to introduce my co-host Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan. How you both doing? Doing well. Doing great. Yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers is on Kenny Maine saying goodbye to him and sending, you know, um, not the most clear messages. Uh, didn't really say anything. But hey, he's still a Packer as, as of right now, so I'll take it and uh, we'll see what happens. I love how he's in Hawaii with Miles Teller and just not caring at all about what's going on with all these rumors about him. He's just like, oh, I'm in Hawaii, hanging out. There's like videos of him singing like Wagon Wheel, like karaoke. Like he is so unbothered by everything going on. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, can you blame the guy? Like he's he's already had a pretty storied career. He's got all the money anyone could probably ask for. So, you know, shit, if I was him, I'd be on an island somewhere too, singing <laughs> karaoke and drinking and chilling. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It's, it's kind of funny. He created this shitstorm and then just dipped out and is just chilling now. So, nice, hey, smart man. Yeah, good for him. Uh, speaking of a shitstorm, let's let's go to the uh, Atlanta Falcons and uh, talk a little bit about this situation. So we have Julio Jones, who has basically said he's not coming back. So um, let's talk about where we think he might go um, and and what might be a good fit or what might be the most likely scenario. Well, it's been rumored for a while that he could be on the trade block. And he would never, he won't get traded officially until after June first because his contract uh, it makes more sense financially for both sides to do that. Uh, and yesterday, Monday, I should say, he kind of went on the Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless undisputed show. And I don't know if you knew he was live on air, but he told Shannon Sharp that he's not going to stay in Atlanta, and he's also not going to the Cowboys as a nice troll to uh, Skip Bayless. So. There's a tons of teams interested. I mean, like literally every team would want Julio Jones. Uh, some of the teams that they've listed, uh, you know, ESPN, CBS, uh, Ravens, Packers, 49ers, Patriots, Chargers, Colts, Titans. Everybody wants a guy like Julio Jones. Uh, I personally, when I first started this news yesterday, I'm like, all right, Packers would be perfect. This would calm down Aaron Rodgers, ensure he stays one more year, uh, gives him another receiver. That would be so dirty, him and Adams, but don't have the cap room. Uh, as selfishly as I would like the Niners to get them, they're one of the favorites uh, among the sports books. Uh, them and the Ravens are the top two. They always get left at the altar when it comes to these big time players. I, I don't expect that to happen. Uh, I think Julio wants to play in San Francisco because he knows Kyle Shanahan knows that offense and knows that he'll get the ball because uh, he would be probably the best receiver on a team, him or Kittle. But don't see it happening once again. I think the best bet is the Ravens. Uh, they need to clear a little bit of cap space, but they, they have enough where it's not a impossible uh, feat. And if you want to you know, find out for sure if Lamar Jackson is that, you know, can he be an elite passer of the football? You get him Julio Jones. And then he has no excuse. They'll have two first-round receivers, uh, young first-round receivers, Mark Andrews and Julio Jones. That's a really good stable of receivers, plus all the running backs they got there. That would be a really good offense. I don't think Julio would like that because he won't get, you know, consistently a thousand yard receiving because they're gonna run the ball a lot still. So I don't know if he wants to go there, but he wants to win. So that's what he wants. 
I hope he goes to the Chargers. That would be filthy with him, Mike Williams, uh, Keenan Allen. Like, that's like my dream receiver room. Big guys who can go up and get the football and aren't worried about all these BS separation stats that Casey likes to bring up. Keenan, yeah, Keenan Allen is not a jump ball receiver. He's a separation guy that wins on he's, his own. He's both. He, he's he, both. Is, he is not. He's a dog. He is not. He's a dog. He is not. He's a dog. He's a good player. And with Justin Herbert, that'd be a good offense. That'd be a really good offense. I, I would put money on Justin Herbert winning the MVP if they got Ooh, Leo Jones. I don't know about that one. Look at the past. You're, you're, you're coming out starting hot. this podcast a little spicy, bud. You're coming uh, out I don't hot. Know. I kind of well, like it. What's hard about? But you're also think, crazy. Think about this. Three of the last, no, two of the last three years, who have been MVPs? Second year quarterbacks. What was Justin Herbert be? A second year quarterback. Thank you. Proceed. Okay. I thought Lamar Jackson was a running back, but okay, sure. Um, MVP. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hybrid. Hybrid. Okay. Oh, that's that's a nice concession from from Durant. Yeah, there, there you go. You, there you go. <laughs> You're a new man. New man. Right. I'm trying, man. I'm Lamar trying. is a hybrid quarterback, running back now instead of just a running back. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it, it really comes down to the cap hits and whether teams can fit him in. Um, Durgan nicely pointed out in our, our doc that the Niners actually do have a third round pick, but remember the 49ers traded away a lot of their, their draft capital. So they're going to be without a first and they traded around uh, out their uh, their number three round pick next year, but they're going to get one back because of the Rooney rule and Sala going to the Jets and uh, a minority higher there. So they're going to get one back, but you're still potentially your, your best offer is a second and then you're not going to draft until the third round uh, in next year's draft, if, the, if that's what you do. And to me, that doesn't really mesh with the move they just made to go get Trey Lance. Because um, Julio Jones feels like a, a win now move. And drafting Trey Lance and trading future draft picks seems like a, let's win in, a ne- in the next two or three years when he's ready to go. Um, so those two moves don't really seem continuous to me. Um and I, I don't really think that the style of offense that Shanahan runs needs a true number one like Julio. Yeah, it, it for sure helps. But um, those offenses, LaFleur and McVay and Shanahan and uh, even the Titans, they scheme guys open off of that play action, off of boot, and they, they get separation for their receivers based off of scheme. So you can survive and be absolutely fine with guys like Kittle and Debo and Ayuk and, and be some rack monsters and, and get yards after the catch there. And I don't think spending a two and giving $15 million worth of cap space is really worth the, the return on the investment for, for Julio Jones, who's 32 years old. Um, so that, that's sort of my take on the 49ers. As far as the Ravens, like you said, I don't know if he'd be super pumped about getting 80 targets a year as a number one receiver. Um, they, they also just invested in, in getting Bateman in, the, in this last draft. They got Hollywood Brown a couple of years ago. So Sammy Watkins, I, too. Yeah. So I, I don't know that the fit is there either. Um, I think it could hamper the development of those two young guys that they want to take a look at and uh limit the amount you can offer Lamar Jackson for his contract year coming up um so I don't know if he's a great fit there as well to me the Colts and the Chargers are really the ones that stand out I think the Colts especially lack a true number one wide receiver um T.Y. Hilton is aging you got um Michael Pittman and then you could have Julio Jones as another sort of big dude that can win with speed and and route running ability and and get things going there for Carson Wentz if you believe in Carson Wentz um 
and then the Chargers, like you said, Keenan Allen and Julio would be a tough, tough duo to defend. That would be a very big receiver room with Mike Williams as well. Um, you know, I, I think Herbert's going to be very good. I don't know if he's going to be an MVP candidate, and that sort of depends and rests on the success of the Chargers, I think. If the Chargers don't make the playoffs, he ain't going to have a shot. So um, it'll be interesting to see where, where he ends up, but I, I would definitely lean towards the Chargers or the Colts. And I think that's more palatable for Atlanta, too, trading him out of the conference um, and getting him into the AFC. So, you, I mean, you guys covered a lot of good teams. I think the the one that we're missing so far, really, that I think I'm surprised isn't isn't a potential favorite is the Patriots. I mean, we look at this yeah. roster. First of all, we just know from history Bill Belichick likes to kind of buy low on these top-tier players, right? That's just something he does. This could be Randy Moss 2.0 for the Patriots. I know that's a little bit of a spicy take, but I think... Bill Belichick is going to look at this depth chart and realize, hey, we signed Kendrick Bourne. We signed Nelson Aguilar. Great. We got some some guys. But those are not Julio Jones type of players. You're not exactly giving Cam Newton some elite talent at the receiver position or Mac Jones or whoever's going to play quarterback for them um, for the future. So I think if he can get, you know, Julio Jones for relatively cheap when it comes to like draft capital or whoever else he has to give up in return and the contract is something they can kick the can down the road a little bit and get creative with. I think this makes a lot of sense for a Patriots team that's really trying to bounce back and be a little bit more competitive than they've been. Um, so I, I like that as a destination. I think he would have his opportunity to be number one, the number one guy. He would get all the targets he would want. It's a storied franchise. I mean, they've won tons of Super Bowls. Bill Belichick is widely uh, respected as a head coach. Um, it would be cool to see him on the Ravens because that would be elite like that would be some 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 of the best receivers paired together in the league but from a fit perspective i think the patriots might make the most sense yeah it wouldn't shock me either like you said he wants to buy low and leo jones yeah he was hurt last year but he can still play uh, he's 32 but he is a baller and you will continue to be a baller for the next two or three years and if you can get him they're asking for a first round pick they're not going to no, get it no based chance. on his salary and based on this late, you know, if it was maybe in March, maybe get late first rounder. But at this point, you get a second rounder. And yeah, you, for him, for that, I would definitely take a risk for uh, Julio Jones. Because no matter what, he will be your wide receiver one. All, all these teams. Even on the Chargers with Keenan Allen, he would be the guy. There's very, very few players better than him in this league. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Uh, the Patriots be interesting. Another team that we didn't mention with the Titans. They lost um, Corey Davis. Pair him with AJ Brown and Derrick Henry in the backfield. That's that's nice. And there's ties there nice. with with Arthur Smith, right? Well, Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. With Smith with uh, Vrabel. So there's something could make negotiations a little smoother. True. Yeah. Yeah. Also gets them out of the NFC. So. Well, let's uh, let's true. keep it with the Patriots here, and, and let's talk about the the AFC East and what we think uh, might shake out. I have a feeling. We won't see what we've historically seen where the Patriots are uh, winning the entire thing year after year after year. Um, this is an interesting division because things are sort of shifting recently as Tom Brady has made his way out of the AFC, um, as we saw last year. But let's talk about what we think might shake out here um, and, and who we think might take it all. So I think, should I, should I go Team by team, or how do you want us to do this, guys? How, how, how are we doing this right here? Well, I'm looking through here, and it looks like there's a few devi- deviations, but other- otherwise it's the same. So why don't you start with your f- who you have uh, first, and then we'll all kind of give who we have first, and we'll go go from there. Well, 
the first team in my eyes is one of the four elite teams in the NFL, and it's the Buffalo Bills. And I think they're the best team by a decent margin. And they could be the best team in the AFC, to be honest. I mean, the four elite teams I have at this point right now, Bills, Bucks, Chiefs, and Browns. And from top to bottom, this roster is solid. Good depth all the way around. Josh Allen, if he keeps getting better, he's going to be the second-best quarterback in the league. Uh, I mean, I don't know if we can see a huge jump because last year he took a massive jump uh, from year two to year three. But if he continues to get better, he's an MVP candidate. And I think he is the best player in this division. Uh, and they look at the defense. The one weakness we thought they had was the defensive line. Uh, they were getting a little bit older. They weren't bad, but they were getting a little bit older. They drafted their first two picks this year, Greg Russo and Carlos Basham, two edge rushers. And they're also in um, they're trying to get some free agents. K1 Short's available, Geno Atkins. If they get one of those guys put in the middle, that defensive line is solid. It's not, you know, not going to scare anybody, but it's definitely serviceable. And also look at their secondary. Uh, I'm a big Trey White fan. I think him or Xavier Howard are the second best player in this division. You can go either way. I prefer Trey White. Uh, he's a little bit younger, a little more athletic. So you have an elite player on defense, an elite player on offense, well coached. You kept the same coaching staff from last year. Everyone thought that Brian Dable, their offensive coordinator, was going to be moving on to a coaching job. He didn't get one, so they have some continuity. And there is a really good team. I have them going 14-3 and three, uh, and being the first seed not only in the AFC East, but also in the AFC as a whole. Yeah, I'm not as high on the Bills as, as you are, and I'm, I'm definitely not as high on the Browns as you are, but we'll touch on that uh, in future episodes when we talk about the, the AFC North. Um, I have the Dolphins sitting at 14-3 and three and getting the number one seed in, in the, the AFC. And you know, predicting this early is a little tough, so I, I reserve the right to walk it back uh, in, in the future if things start uh, moving and a shaking and you know teams get players or, or whatever happens. But just going week week to week, I think the, the Dolphins match up well with a lot of the teams that they play. Um, they have a really solid uh, skill group now on, on offense. The, the big question mark is going to be Tua and, and whether Miles Gaskin can do enough in, in the run game. But uh, they, they now have Gusecki and, and Waddle and Parker, um, and they have so, invested some, some picks in, in some young offensive linemen. So on offense, I think they should be much improved as long as Tua can be serviceable and even you know just give baseline starter uh, production. Uh, and then you, you compound that with a really talented secondary in Miami, um, some of those blitz packages and, and things that Flores is doing on defense. And, and I think the Dolphins have a really good shot to supersede the Bills here a little bit because they have a little bit weaker of a schedule um, just based on where they, they ranked in the division last year. Um, vastly improving year over year. Even a couple of years ago, you know, they were a laughing stock, and now they're they're here up at the top. And I think for me, it comes down to the the weaknesses for the Bills are much more glaring than for the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a little bit more complete of a team. They're maybe less top heavy and less uh, so have an identity that they can lean on. But I think the Bills struggle mightily in running the ball, and they struggle mightily in defending the run, and they have no true pass rusher that's going to really scare anybody on offense. Um, and those things really sort of can be said for the Dolphins a little bit too as far as the pass rushing issue, but um, I trust Flores and him to, to be able to scheme things up and, and get the Dolphins some chances on, on defense then. 
I do for Buffalo because the Buffalo's defense was clearly the weakness last year. And uh, if you can't run the ball and you're only one dimensional and Josh Allen is slinging the rock 500 or 600 times a, a year, um, it worked last year. I don't know if it'll work this year as well. Yeah. Well, one, qu- one quick point I want to make is that last year, the Bills were a better rushing offense than the Dolphins. And either team upgraded that position. because Bears legend Patrick Laird from Cal was running the ball for Miami. Uh, true, true. They should, they should sign Todd Gurley, who's, yeah, by all accounts, not as good as he once was. But he would give someone in that backfield at least some sort of, like, credibility. He's only 26 years old, and I swear he's, like, 34. I mean, his body is in bad shape. But I would sign him if I were the Dolphins. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's a bad idea. Or the or the uh, Bills, but um, I think we're pretty much in agreement here. We have the Bills and the Dolphins at one or two, and or vice versa. Um, I did the the way we did this just for everybody listening is we filled out um, game predictions, and it kind of determined the seating and, and the records for each division. So I did everything, and it came out with the Dolphins one game ahead of the Bills. So I have the Dolphins at fourteen and three getting the one seed as well but um or no 15 and 2 sorry and then i have the bills at 14 and 3 i got that i got that backwards but um i could see this going either way i mean these are both really good teams and these are both teams that i think uh could go deep in the playoffs this year potentially the dolphins like casey mentioned just the way the schedule broke out there was a lot of winnable games for them and the bills um while i think the bills might be more talented at, at the quarterback position their schedule wasn't as um easy to pick in my opinion. Um, but that being said, I mean, you look at this, look at this Miami team. Like this is a scary team. Now they're very talented everywhere. So we touched on it and we've said this many times on this podcast, this team will live and die as to a place. And if he can play, you know, he showed flashes. Was he Justin Herbert? Good. No, but did he really have the opportunity to be consistent and show that he was Justin Herbert? Good. Also, no, in my opinion, they kept oscillating between him and uh, Fitzmagic and, he never really got a chance to establish himself. I think if he can do that this year and play even just above average with the rest of this team, they're going to be one of the top teams in the entire league. Um, even just the combo of their receivers, as well as Gusecki, is absolutely terrifying. I mean, between Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell, uh, somebody's going to be open. Like These are very talented guys, and they're very fast guys. Um, so as long as Will Fuller stays off the juice, I think this team's going to be kind of scary on offense. Um, and Miles Gaskin is a good running back. Like We're, we're talking about this team not being... Um, not being uh, a good rushing team last year, I think they could be a decent rushing team this year. Miles Gaskin showed he's capable of carrying the ball. Um, so I, I, I like this team a lot. They're one of my favorite teams going into the season. Maybe the Browns 2.0 hype for me this year. Um, but, you know, I, it, it could go either way for me. I have the Bills at number two right behind them. Um, why don't we, why don't we uh, go to you, Durgan, while we're on Miami since, since you have them number two, I'm assuming. Yeah, I have him at number two, twelve and five. Uh, the best non-division winner, so the, the first wild card seed. And you hit the nail on the head when it comes to Tua. I think no matter what, Tua is going to play a winning football uh, quarterback. It's a matter of how many wins they can produce. Because Tua is not going to turn the ball over. He's going to be smart. He's going to you know do checkdowns if needed. But is he going to take that step into being consistent week in week out, where he can uh, two mid drill end the game? Can he win a team? Win for his team? And I think he can. I just don't know if we'll see it every single week. And that's okay because they have a good defense. They have good receivers. The offensive line is young, but they're not 
terrible by any means. So I, I'm not definitely not low on them. It's just compared to the Bills, where I see they have more superstars. That's why I gave them the slight edge. Uh, but the Dolphins do have an easier schedule, so I wouldn't be surprised if they pump out you know, a few long win streaks. And they're, they're going to be good. I'm not sure if they're a Super Bowl contender yet. I think they're still a year away from being there. But Brian Flores, we've mentioned it, heck of a coach. And he's done a great job of building his team from nothing to a you know, potential perennial playoff team in just three years. That, that's really tough to do. For sure. And, and similar to Cyrus, I have the Bills one game back um, as the, the second finisher in, in the AFC East um, at 13 and 4. Um, but the, the things you touched on for the Dolphins are, are you know, the, the same things that we were sort of echoing, and, and your takes on the Bills are, are also similar. And I just felt like. You know, when you got to crunch time in the playoffs, you got to get someone that can get pressure on the quarterback, and it felt like the Bills could just never really do that. And I don't know that they solved yep. that in the draft and in free agency here this year. So, um, you know, the same can be said for for the Dolphins, but uh, I think those are both clearly the top two teams in, in the AFC East, and it really could go either way, and and it may just come back down to you know their, their head-to-head matchups, and if one of those guys can can steal a game against each other and um, take the division. Yeah, and I mean the Bills got Mitchell Trubisky, former Pro Bowler, so who knows? <laughs> who knows true. what could happen? They also signed Emmanuel Sanders, which could be an interesting addition too. Um, they have they have a good receiver group. I mean, their top four receivers are legit. Yeah, take a little pressure up Stephon Diggs, who already had a phenomenal year last year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. This division, I think, will be a fun race between the Dolphins and the Bills. Let's go to three and four, though, and who we have. It's probably the same order, I'm assuming. Um, but we'll start with you, Durgan. At three, who do you have? Yeah, we all have the same three here, but I think our degree in confidence in this team varies uh, quite a bit. Uh, as the New England Patriots. I have them going 10-7 and seven and uh, getting the ninth seed, so they'll miss, miss the playoffs. But they only miss the playoffs by one game. So I would not be shocked at all if they make the playoffs. I think they're, no matter what, going to be in the hunt. It comes down to their quarterback play. And Cam Newton last year started off really strong and got progressively worse, which you don't want to see. But this is they drafted Mac Jones. And we've spent the greater part of the last you know, two, three months you know, roasting this guy, saying that you know he shouldn't be a, a top 10 pick. But they got him at 15, and he is, besides uh, Lawrence, probably the most pro-ready quarterback. So I wouldn't be shocked if he plays early. I think he should play early, uh, especially if Cam struggles. I think you give Cam you know, his chance. But if he struggles at all, you have to switch him out. And Belichick, I mean, he's the best coach in the game. And I think he's going to be pissed off that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without him. So that's why he was really, really competitive this year uh, in free agency, getting two new tight ends. Bourne, uh, Aguilar, I guess, some defenders as well. So their roster last from last year is a lot better. And also you have to look at the fact that they had the most opt-outs in the league last year. And I don't think people will be opting out this year. I, I wouldn't see why they would. Um, so they'll, they'll have some more guys back. Uh, I don't think they have enough offensive juice to uh, win them games. I mean, it comes down to quarterback, like I said. So I have them just missing the uh, playoffs, but... Their team, I think, that everyone's kind of sleeping on a bit. Yeah, for sure. And I think it really does come down to quarterback play. Um, and for me, I, I had them finishing at 5-12, and 12, which kind of surprised me just going through game by game because I'm relatively high on them. But you look at Cam Newton, and the guy threw for eight touchdowns and ten interceptions last year, and that's just not 
going to get it done. Um, yeah. And he touched on the drafting of Mac Jones, and, and he very well may play and, and play relatively early if, if Cam starts and his, his arm starts to go and he starts to wear down a little bit. Mac Jones is, is there and, and ready to go. And I'm interested to see how this offense looks because there's not a lot of talent outside especially, um, but they are pretty talented inside. Um, with those two tight ends, and, and I think they're going to be a, a very run-heavy offense, especially if Cam plays. I, I think they're going to do a lot of interesting things using him on quarterback runs and, and getting to the ball to the, the tight ends and the flats, some play action, um, giving simple, easy throws, and that works as well as if, if, if Mac Jones is in, giving him sort of you know stuff in the flats, down the seam, um, stuff working at a, at a heavy personnel and using two tight end sets. Um, is what I would expect to see from them, but I don't expect that to make it a explosive offense. And that can be tough to sustain drives down the field for 10, 12 plays because you're not getting super explosive chunk plays to, to help get you down there. So that's my main concern with them. I think they're, they'll be much improved on, on defense and, and make a little bit of noise, but um, I just don't think they match up very well with a lot of the teams that they play. So have them finishing third at, at 5-12 and 12 in, in the AFC East. I'm surprised because I, I had a similar reaction to my outcome after picking the records and uh, or picking the games. I, I had the uh, Pats at eight and nine, which is higher than I would have picked them had I not actually picked the individual games. Um, so I would have been closer to what you picked. Just if I was, if you were like, "Hey, what do you think the uh, Patriots record is going to be?" I probably would have done something similar to what you did. But I ended up at eight and nine for them. But I totally agree with what you said. Like I'm, I'm looking through this depth chart. Like I'm just not excited like nothing on this team excites me like you you're gonna have to be in 12 personnel the entire game because these receivers are you cannot rely on them as reliable i mean both nelson aguilar and kendrick Bourne have had their problems as as receivers um they've both shown flashes as well but you're really going to need to lean on johnny smith and hunter henry so i i'm just i'm not sold on this team at all um and we've talked about this before when they made all these signings and i was very not stoked and and you, you were talking about how they're going to be good and now that's why it's funny that we're kind of reverse in the in the actual records here and what we picked but yeah i mean this is the the real wild card i think in uh, in this division because they could be good they could be absolute dog shit we we really don't know i mean the roster is a big question mark in my opinion you know can cam newton play better than he played him we've seen him do it in the past he's not really himself the 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 cam newton we've come to to know and love you know will mac jones step in and pull a justin herbert we really don't know there's a lot of question marks with this team um the defense is solid which you know has been their identity for the past few seasons but yeah this offense i i don't know i mean you got to put up points to 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 win games so can they do that tbd is is really the only answer so We'll, we'll see what happens with that. And then let's go on to number four here. We pretty much, I think, the consensus pick at number four is the Jets, I'm going to guess. So let's go to Durgan, and you can shit on the Jets. We all have the same record for the oh, Jets, Oh, do we? Too. Uh, so we're, we're on the same page here. Uh, I'm, we all have going 2-15. They're, they're going to be very bad. And there is no expectation for them to be good this year, next year even. Um, Zach Wilson is going to struggle. And this is, I mean, even if we are not as high on the Patriots, they're still clearly better than the Jets at this point. And I like the coach, I like the GM. They're making you know, some positive steps in the right direction. They have a ton of draft picks in the future. They're just not ready yet. 
they're not going to be that good. Uh, their defense, their defensive backs, uh, the corners especially, are horrendously bad. It, it is not a pretty sight. But they're young, so they're just trying to give these guys a chance to play and see what happens. But we can all agree it's going to be a long year in the Meadowlands uh, for the Jets. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super high on Zach Wilson, but there's there's just like the the deal with Sam Darnold. There's not a lot there to help him. Elijah Moore will be a nice little piece and, and see if they can get things going. And he can sort of be a jet sweep slot guy, a little bit in the mold of, of Debo Samuel with Mike LaFleur running the offense. Um, try to give him some layup passes and, and some, some easy easy throws but there's just not a ton of help they have a surprisingly solid front four on defense and and some guys that can can make plays there but um they're just they're very thin and they're not very top heavy either so um i wouldn't be surprised if they they pull a couple upsets out but um just looking objectively it's it's pretty hard to pick them in a lot of their their games um just because the lack of talent on on both sides of the ball especially at the the premier positions they, they don't really have have guys that uh are at least established that can really really impact games and swing momentum to their side so uh, like we already mentioned i got them at two and 15 and uh fourth in the afc east Yep, two and fifteen as well on my end here. Um, I wasn't really too high on Zach Wilson coming into the draft as it is, and just kind of throwing him out there with the supporting cast he has. Um, seems like a recipe for disaster. We'll see. I mean, if there's any, again, if there's any wild card, you know, quarterback from the draft, it's Zach Wilson. He made plays in college, and and he was the most. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Durgan? What what did we describe him as? Um, I don't know. He would like do things on the run and kind of shock you as off, as he like a, like an off script quarterback. Off script quarterback, and you're gonna have to be off script on the Jets because the script ain't looking too good. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, but, Corey Davis. There's there's some decent playmakers on this offense, but I'm I'm not entirely sure there's enough for Zach Wilson to. I'm I'm worried they're putting him in, into a Sam Donald 2.0 situation where mm-hmm. maybe he has talent, but he won't be able to realize it because this team is just absolute trash. And the funny part about you know, the Shanahan offense, you want to call it, a lot of their throws are about being on script and finding the open guy mm-hmm. in you know, rhythm. And that's not Zach Wilson's game at all. He wants to be a shotgun. He wants you know, four step drops, roll to his right, and bomb the ball deep, kind of like Mahomes. Not, not as good as Mahomes, but that kind of style. Yep. So I, I don't know if they're going to maybe tinker the system a little bit, but um, it's definitely interesting. And the team also, they have some decent veterans like Jameson Crowder, uh, CJ Mosley, who could be traded before the season starts or if they lose their first five, six games midseason. So by the end of the year, this team will be very, very young. And also look at their running back room. We just trashed the Dolphins having no running backs. The starting running back as of now for the Jets is Tevin Coleman. Yep. So that's not great. Yep, that's yeah. not ideal. But I also will say I like the Elijah Vera Tucker pick. I like the fact that they emphasize yeah. the offensive line. Makai Becton is, is solid. So, um, you know, they're trying to help Zach Wilson. I just think it's it's a situation. It's a, it's a trust the process situation. It's going to take a few years here. So you got to make mm-hmm. the right decisions, especially come draft time uh, this following draft and probably another year and build around this guy and help him in a way that the Jets organization never did Darnold. So. Um, we'll see, but I think we're all in agreement that the Jets will be bad this year. <laughs> I, I do like their draft this year with I Elijah Barrett Tucker and Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, who I think is going to be pretty good. He's got a lot of speed and burst and 
he can, he's not going to be a, a world beater, but he's going to be a really solid guy, I think. He should start for them, hopefully. Yeah. And they've got two, you know, premier picks on, on offensive linemen the last couple of years. Yep. So if they can just fill out those things on, on offense and, and establish them, it's a lot of unknowns, a lot of youth on that team. And, you know, if they all click and all those picks hit the last couple of years and you're getting the returns on the, the Jamal Adams trade, you know, things could turn around pretty quickly. But uh, a lot of unproven guys at this point for the Jets. Yeah, Chris Herndon, too, at tight end could be potentially good, um, also unproven. But, yeah, I mean, I'm a big Joe Douglas fan, the GM of the Jets. He, he used to be a uh, player personnel guy around the Eagles, and I would always credit him for any of the picks that we made that were good picks. So I think they're headed in the right direction. It's just a matter of how long that's going to take. And since this was probably the worst roster in the league um, in the past few years, it's going to take some time. But otherwise, I mean, you know, Long-term, room for optimism. Zach Wilson, TBD. That's my take. Yeah. Agreed. Read all the way around. Cool. One last point I want to make about the Patriots. They're, we bashed their roster. Not very good. But they went 7-8 and eight last year, and their roster was actually worse than it is now. So that's one thing to look out for is that, yeah, their roster is below average. But last year it was, like, horrendously bad, and they still were okay. So Bill Belichick, you never know what uh, he's going to pull off his hat. Touche. True. That is very true, Durgan. Like good it. take. That that was your first good take of the episode, man. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, let's wrap things up there, though. Thirty minute episode. That's that's so unlike us. We've been pushing an hour the past few. But what's uh what what are we planning for next week, guys? What what division are we going into next? What do you think? We're keeping in the AFC. It'll be alphabetical, and I'm not good at the alphabet. So AFC North, South, North. All right. AFC North. <laughs> AFC That's North. The, you heard it here first. That would be a good one because we have some, you know, I said today the Browns would be good, and you said no, Casey. Or not, I didn't say not they weren't so. going to be good. I just said I don't know if they're a top four team right. in the entire league. We'll, we'll Tune in next time Hopefully to hear Jackson, Casey and so. Durgan fight about Fights. the Browns and potentially the Ravens. <laughs> um, let's wrap things up there, though. And Steelers, too. Steelers, too. And Steelers, too. The whole thing is going to be one big fight. The whole thing. It'll be fun. We'll make, fun um, make sure you don't miss it. Let's, let's wrap things up there, though, on episode 92. Thank you for sticking with us and tuning in. Before we head out, I'm going to give my co-host a chance to plug some content to check out. What do you guys got coming up? Well, if you want to head to the NFC North and not the AFC North, you can check out a breakdown on, on Zimmer's blitz schemes and why they kind of got the, the Vikings into trouble this last year, especially with the injuries they had on defense. Um, they just don't have a guy that can win outside, and, and Zimmer tried to, to patch those holes with some some of those patented A-gap blitzes and, and stuff like that. But that puts your, your young secondary on an island. So it was a little bit hit or miss, but if you want to know the intricacies of how that worked and and how Zimmer schemes things up, then uh, take a look at that on Thursday on weeklyspiral.com or on YouTube at youtube.com slash weeklyspiral. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Durgan, what about you, man? Uh, the 2022 running back prospect rankings. I'll be doing this weekly, uh, different position every single week uh, until mid-July, then it's back to scouting report season. Sweet. It's never too early for draft content. Can't wait. That's this right. has been a weekly spot of production, bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 92. We are excited to do our previews for all of the divisions coming up. Make sure you don't miss it. And we'll see you next week for episode 93.